For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee, and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. WFO! It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, WFO, we are back. The Parade of Champions 2022 Lucas Oil Series Champions continues. We have got a couple of great champions that we're going to talk to in the next uh, couple of shows. Starting off with the Stock Eliminator World Champ, Jimmy Hidalgo Jr. Do you call him Cooter? Do you call him the Country Puppy? I don't know what you call him, but you can call him World Champion in 2022. And he did it in the closest championship race that has ever happened in the NHRA. Came down to the tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker was a single race that was decided by three ten thousandths of a second. Say what? That's crazy. What were they feeling? What were they thinking as they went through the grinder? That was the Lucas Oil Points Championship. We're going to speak with Jimmy. So I'm hoping that all you stock eliminator racers, Lucas Oil racers, super stock racers, class racers, everybody that loves that stuff and gets it. We'll share this show out there and put it on your social and make sure that everybody sees exactly how cool it is to win a Lucas Oil Championship. Because guess what? We're getting ready to go again very, very soon. So we'll have Jimmy on in a few seconds. I see people are commenting. I appreciate all you guys. Remember, this is the start of the season, so we're recruiting our Patreons. That's right. The Patreon page is going like gangbusters. We got that Hear It From Heiner show that is up. People are giving us feedback, the likes of which I've never gotten on anything on that hear it from Heiner show, which is, you know, pro stock tech is really what it is. It's pro stock tech. Go to patreon.com slash WFO radio. People who make it possible. Bernie speed shop. I was just talking about Josh Hart just moments ago. They got that GT 40 Ford over there. They've got vehicles that are uh, sale on consignment. They've got an inventory, millions of dollars worth of inventory at Bernie's. So if you're looking for your next race car, your next muscle car, if you're looking for a project, if you're looking for someone to restore your current classic car, Bernie Speed Shop, they've got it all. American classic horsepower. Phillips Connect, can't go wrong with these guys. If you have a trucking company or if you're in the transportation industry, if you've got a fleet of vehicles, you know, preferably over 100, but it doesn't have to be and you're looking to make your vehicles safer and more on time, that's what Phillips Connect is all about. Just got to get connected with the smart trailer technology that Phillips Connect offers, and uh, it's pretty amazing. If you got a wheel hub, it's heating up back there. Danger, danger's happening. It's going to be a disaster. The sensors will notice, and they will tell you, and they will let you know back at the mothership, hey, uh, driver four, stop. You got a problem back there. That's why Phillips hyphen connect has got it going on. And if you uh, are interested, you can email me, Joe at WFO radio.com. Can't wait. Fog it. I sprayed my first fog it yesterday, guys. It's awesome. 
I went back to uh, my dad's house. I'm putting together my 455 Pontiac, get the car back together. And it had been a while. So I just kind of hit the cylinders with a little fog it, which was pretty cool. Oh, look, I got it right here. Bang. This is what every racer who spends a lot of money on their racing engine should have in their trailer at the end of the night, fog it down. And that way, the next morning, when you fire it up, it's going to be ready to go, ready to compete, everything exactly the same way as you left it without all that condensation and all the damage to the cylinder walls that happens on a nightly basis. Go to fogit.com to find out more. We're going to be telling you about these guys all year long. But one little bonus, since I sprayed my first uh, yesterday, the sprayer is really accurate. Normally, I hit a sprayer and it's going everywhere. And then I got to figure out where it goes. It went right in where I was shooting. Uh, Fogit.com. Check it out. They do a great job. FTI. You heard a little bit about those guys already. Dot 90 cars, big money bracket cars, of course. But high powered top sportsman, top dragster cars. They've got the program that makes those things super competitive. Go to FTIPerformance.com located in Deland, Florida. And it's not just for bracket racers. They do pro mod, top sportsman, top dragster, and powerful, powerful street cars, monster trucks, mega trucks, like whatever you've got, it's not too powerful for FTI and total seal piston rings. This one is, I don't want to say it's universal because then they'll stop advertising. TotalSeal.com. Make them your first call, not your last call. They're on the ragged edge of technology. Let's say you're a stock eliminator racer and you're limited by the rules and you can't like gas port your pistons. You can't do anything. Total Seal has got gas ported rings that are allowed. There's all kinds of examples of uh, the ways that depending on the rules package that you're working in, they can help you unlock the hidden horsepower. And oh, by the way, the podcast, you should definitely check it out. Later on in the show, I'm going to tell you about samtech.edu. I'm going to tell you about Marvin Rodak and his great coffee and Frank Hawley's drag racing school. But right now, we're going to go out to our 2022 Lucas Oil Stock Eliminator World Champion, Mr. Jimmy Hidalgo Jr. Jimmy, welcome to WFO Radio. Congratulations. Thank you, Joe. Glad to be here. I am uh, excited. We have something in common. We've got the silver GTO in common. Yours is very fast. Mine is very stock. Uh, but to go out there and win the title the way you did by, for all intents and purposes, three ten thousandths of a second on a run that maybe you didn't realize was going to be the championship run. Talk a little bit about your season and, uh, and having it conclude in such a great way, like with a tiebreaker. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously you want it to be well in hand, but it, it just doesn't always work out that way. And uh, starting the season, made a few rounds. Um, we made it to, uh, I think I made a, a like a semi in Belrose. And then we don't have many nationals in our area at the beginning of the year, so really didn't get started on nationals until later in the year. But um, really Dallas, the second division race, is kind of when it, when it started on upswing. I won that second race, and then uh, still, you always have championship aspirations. Obviously, no matter what the what your point total is early in the year, but at the time, I'm not really thinking, oh well, I'm I'm well in good shape right here, you know. So um, we we didn't end up going to any races over the summer, so we picked back up in Indy, and uh, I went to the semis at Indy, which was a seven round race. So six round, you got a a six round semi is, is a good points total but still you know not not anything to to think you you're in the top of the championship so um 
you know, just continue from there. I was driving pretty well, so I was pretty pleased at the time. And uh, we went to St. Louis and first uh, I won the, the, we, the national event was first and I, I was able to win stock there. So we were steady, steady picking up points and steady looking better and better, which at that point still had a lot of work to do. And uh, come back to St. Louis the following weekend for the double divisional. And I had an early round exit. I'm pretty sure the first race and ended up winning the second race in stock and uh, actually running up super stock the same, the same race. And, uh, you know, ended up there running uh, Joe Santangelo in the finals, you know, who was, who was also in the hunt at the time. But, you know, you, you go into the, that final round not knowing at that time if it was going to mean anything, you know, as far as the head matchup, but I was able to, uh, to, to get the win there over him. And, you know, that, that could have resulted in another possible tiebreak if it would have turned out that way. But we, uh, so we left from St. Louis, went to Dallas looking to, to pick up a few more points and, you know, that, that didn't work out. I, I made a few rounds, but ended up losing the Brad Plewitt third round. So I think I did pick up like maybe 10 points or something there, but you know, not, not what we were looking to do. So, um, obviously after that, it's like, you know, we got to head to Vegas and see what happens there possibly Pomona if need be, or, you know, maybe we'll just go regardless in Vegas. So went to Vegas and, um, so during qualifying for the regional, we, uh, no, the national, the national was first, right? <laughs> yeah, nationals first. Vegas, Vegas, Pomona. So uh, uh, blur, man. I, I'm I'm glad yeah. I've got you here to tell me all about it because it is a blur. So yeah, they ended up. I think they cut a qualifying session, or was that that might be the division I'm thinking of? Anyway, it would come down to the last session, and there was a lot of shuffling. I was moving around a little bit and not really thinking that Brad was anywhere. Brad Burton was anywhere in the area, but that's kind of just the way it fell out with so many other people moving and uh I, I didn't end up where I thought I was gonna so and then you know after the matchup came out obviously not not who you want to run first round on a normal day and then you can kind of look at it two ways in the in the spot I was at at that point it's like you know it's either gonna be good or bad you know it's not gonna determine the championship at this point but if I do win you know it could it could potentially help me further down the road but also at the same time Spending him from earning points that weekend. So uh, ended up winning that and then lost to uh, Steve Wan fifth round for the national. And then going into the division of the next weekend, did the worst thing I could have done was lost first round. So at that point, I was spectating as far as stock. And, uh, you know, it just, it's a bad place to be in because you really have absolutely no control and you're not racing so like you there's no chance you're earning points at that point so um luckily brad went out if he'd have made one more round he would have ended up taking the lead at that point and he you know he was one round shot and then uh so we we went to the pomona with a 20 something point lead i believe and you know felt good about that but obviously you know a driver brad's caliber is capable of winning every race he goes to so you know, definitely not done. And then uh, we were moving around on the qualifying sheet, and I was trying to possibly go to 
the the number one spot, and uh, that didn't end up working out. And actually, Brad ended up one and ended up three, which obviously I probably would have preferred one, but you know, that's just the way. Sometimes things fall the way they're meant to be. Yes, and uh, I ended up third. And looking at the ladder as it came out, it's like, okay, well, it would be me and him fifth round. So I went in. You know, with the mentality from that point, it's like if I win every round up until then and and win that round, I I'm gonna win the championship. So I just had a a refuse to lose attitude the whole weekend, um, and it's like you know he can't if he doesn't beat me fifth round, he can't win. So that was the goal, one round at a time. Gotta win. Um, I was probably drove the best I drove all year that that weekend i was just really locked in really focused the call was good and uh that that fourth round i i'd ran in front of brad i won my my, my round and uh, i made the turn off and i'm trying to i'm hanging out the car trying to see if brad winlight brad's winlight was coming on and i i didn't know for sure and i heard uh somebody holler and uh, actually, I was right around my pit area, and that was uh, my Uncle Phil, and uh, it was him hollering. And I asked him to confirm that, you know, that I had won, and he did. So from there, uh, it was all good from there. The rest is history. That is awesome. And the round before, okay, so that was like a late night Saturday, right? And it was late, and we were sticking around. I think it was Vegas. Uh, and, you know, just like just like going through the rounds. And I recall you had a couple of really stellar back-to-back -back runs that got you to that point though. You know, you say I won the round, but I, I remember those being very intense rounds and the competition was on their game as well, but you were able to pull it out and win the title. Uh, just amazing stuff. I love the fact that you guys are a family racing team. We got a lot of people out there saying, what's up? Jeff out there saying, what's up? Bobby Fazio is out there uh, saying, what's up? Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Joe. What's up, Bobby? Good to see you. Walt is out there. Cooter, which nickname do you like better? Like we started out, you're the country puppy, but now, you know, now Cooter's coming on strong. It's really good that you have two nicknames. That's, that's always, that's always the great ones have more, more than one nickname. Uh, you know, I think of Apollo Creed, right? The master of disaster, the king of sting, the count of Monte Fisto. Many nicknames equal great racer, and you've got a couple of them. Yeah, uh, Cooter actually started when uh, my grandmother gave me that when I was little, and that always kind of kind of stuck around for the most part. And Country Puppy kind of started when I started racing because my dad was the country dog, and I started in uh, Jimmy Dragster, and I kind of came up with that name. Uh, you know, since he was the country dog, I was the country, which now that I'm grown, I don't know if that, uh, if that makes a difference, but you know, yeah, you're no puppy anymore, right? You're a world champion, but I think it's cool. And nicknames are, are cool. Talk a little bit about your dad, your pop, the racing team. Uh, just a little heads up to everybody out there. We did an attention in the pits on Jimmy's GTO that will air at some point before the season starts. So that was kind of cool. I think it's the first ever championship attention in the pits. You just weren't a champion at that time. And we were nervous, like, oh, man, we don't want to jinx you, right? Like, we do the attention in the pits feature on you and your car, um, but your dad was over there, your fam was over there, and it looked like they were feeling the intensity of the championship. Yeah, I would say they probably felt it more than me at times. You know, uh, I'm, I'm usually always pretty calm and collected, and uh, 
you know, like I said, every race you just I just always focus on the time because if you don't win, you lose one round, you're done. So you gotta you gotta keep keep your mind on on the round you're running in. You can't you look too. You said you you were driving well, and uh, you know you're a world champ, but you were very locked in this year, and it was pretty uh, pretty strong. Got a fast car, also, and uh, I want you to expand on that for many of the listeners out there who haven't had the opportunity to drive for a world championship or even a meaningful run, like a really pressure packed meaningful run. Um, you, you know, you got to get into a zone. You got to stay there, except over the course of multiple days, multiple conditions, different light, different weather, different track, you're tired. There's probably personal fatigue that comes into play. Uh, talk a little bit about the just the challenge of navigating all of that and getting to wherever you need to be to drive your best, you know, mentally, physically, to get into that zone with all those different challenges. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. You know, it's... Uh... It's a long process, especially when you're on the road several weekends in a row, back to back, chasing points. But um, you know, once I'm in that car, all of that, everything else is just in the back of my mind. I'm not thinking about anything else. And um, like I said, one round at a time, and then you know, just focusing on the at hand. That is uh, that is awesome. And then to to boot, uh, just as icing on the cake, you go out there to Pomona in the Auto Club Finals. Cause uh, I, you know, I guess, you know, you got to give a speech anyway. Uh, and you win super stock. What a great way to end the year. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to win super stock. And, uh, you know, I wasn't driving quite as well as, uh, as I was in stock. So it would have been even better to finish, uh, with a double up there. That would, that would have been my first double up and what better place to do it at Pomona at the world finals and clinching a, a stock eliminated world championship as well with it. Excellent. Excellent. Now, uh, you know, we talked about Brad, obviously, and Joe and all the guys that ch chased you for the title and that were in the mix. And uh, I would love for you to speak on stock eliminator a little bit. We, we talk about the cars a lot because the cars are these amazing classic muscle cars. Yours isn't, uh, I guess it is a classic now, you know, 2004 GTO Australian built a Holden, which no longer exists for Pontiac, which no longer exists. Like to me, that's as collectible as it gets. And I, frankly, I think the value of those cars should really go just through the roof. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of dollars because, you know, you and I both have one, but, um, stock eliminator cars, they're so incredible, but does everybody understand it? And that's something we are talking about on a regular basis. I know Reinhardt loves them to death. Loans loves them. I love them. Um, why do you love them? What is it about stalkers that makes you want to you know, go out there and run on a nine inch wide tire and use your feet and the pedals and deal with all these rules and restrictions and, and all that speak on stock a little. Yeah. I mean, my dad, he's run stock for, uh, since the eighties, late eighties, I think is when he started in stock and, you know, I grew up with it since I was born. So that's, uh, it's always been in my, and, and you know, it, I've always liked the challenge, you know, of the rules and, you know, trying to get your car to be as fast as you can be within those rules. And uh, just to not be, you know, you can, you have the aspect of everything. You have the aspect of the driver, you know, when you're running with a dial in on it, you got to be top of your game on both ends of the track. And then, you know, if you, if he come a heads up, comes up, you got to have a fast car too, to, to be able to, uh, to win championships and win rounds. 
yeah, the heads up aspect of it uh, is just another level of intensity. Some people can't wrap their mind around handicap style racing. They just can't. I, I don't understand it, but they just can't. But when you get that heads up moment, all of a sudden everything changes for, to your benefit though, you've got a really quick and fast hot rod. In fact, I don't know who it was. And if I did, I wouldn't say, but somebody was talking about the combination, right? The, uh, the LS and the GTO is a tough combination to beat. Yeah. I mean, the LS one's always been a, a good engine. Um, they had a little trouble with them. I think keeping them together when they first came out, but you know, the, the parts they have now, they, they're very reliable and obviously a lot of different combinations and different races run them. But, you know, it's, it's like anything, you know, I mean, there's different challenges with any combination you build. And uh, when we came out with this one, I mean, I had the same drivetrain in my Firebird, but when you, when you do the math from taking it from the Firebird and putting it in the GTO, it, it's not, it's not what you think it would be. You know, it's the car is a lot longer. Race. It's a challenge getting it off the starting line. It's a lot heavier. But, um, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, that's that's the reason we build stock eliminator cars. You, you choose your car that you want to build. You know, if one car has a that has a better engine, I mean, that's you use that to your advantage if, if you want to do that. You know, that's just the, the nature of the sport. I mean, same way as if they decide that, uh, you know, they include some Camaro street cars or something that come out with with good engines with favorable horsepower factors. They first come out you know that's it's just no different very interesting speaking on that uh some changes for 2023 with horsepower factoring and all something that you know it's almost more uh avoidable than competition index con correction in uh in comp eliminator right like people will have a tough time understanding but that's something that the NHRA tech department does to keep things relatively equal with uh, stock eliminator cars. If somebody's out there crushing it, but uh, that having been said, some changes for 2023, as I understand it, uh, what are those going to be? And is it a good idea? Um, I mean, I, I would assume what they're trying to do, like you said, is, is to level the playing field and maybe make it happen quicker. But um, I do think the moves are, pretty aggressive that they're doing and i think they may have some unintended consequences i think you're gonna you may see some combinations that are maybe more like borderline you know that probably shouldn't get horsepower but since they took away mineshaft now you know you if you go to several races at the beginning of the year like gainesville a few times and some other races where the air is just air you don't you don't run in you know it's way above average air and you could really get your your average too high where you may not even be able to to uh, bring it back under where it, it may get horsepower and probably maybe it shouldn't. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, they're shuffling the deck around. That's uh, that is for sure. So we'll ha have to wait and see. All right. So what is your uh, 2023 plan? Will there be a title defense? You're going to go out there and try to run for a championship again. And, and where's your schedule going to start? Um, not still not a hundred percent sure where we're going to start. Well, obviously we're going to start in Belrose for sure. And, um, with the Gators and the baby Gators is up in the air. We have, I have it down on the schedule, but it, it may be a February decision to, if we're going to go there. But if, uh, if not, we'll go to, uh, if we end up not going there, we may go to Charlotte national 
in April because we've never been there. Um, we've been a lot of places, but one we haven't made. So we may go there and uh, we'll have the Dallas double. Uh, may go to T Topeka National, hopefully Indy again. Um, St. Louis, Dallas. Pretty pretty similar schedule, I would say, to last year. Other Excellent. than Charlotte and maybe one or two other races we may, may have not done last year. I don't know. I think as world champ, you're kind of obligated to go to Gainesville. Just saying, you know, the kickoff of the season. We need all our stars there, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy that race. That's always, always a good race. You got always the top tier drivers going there first, you know, one of the first races of the year. So uh, always a lot of excitement around that race. So who do you like to race the most in stock? You know, your dad's out there, first of all, which that's got to be interesting. Cool. He's a character. He gets so excited when you win. I think the first interview I did with you uh, was was maybe in Houston. I don't know, but I remember talking to your dad on the return road a lot. And he's he's just a colorful character, and uh, you know he's so proud that his boy is out there just you know crushing it, which is awesome. But that's like the pro. What about like the real competitor out there? You listed a bunch of guys that are just bad dudes uh, in stock. So when you think of like the competition that you really like to get after and like to stage up against and obviously win uh, list some people that, you know, have your highest, uh, highest accolades. Oh, I mean, uh, there's, there's so many out there. I mean, Peter Biondo, he's, you know, one of the all time greats and he sits in, which he doesn't do a lot of stock super stock anymore, but I guarantee you, uh, if he jumped in the seat, he would pick, he could pick up right where he left off for now. For yeah. now, my sources are telling me that we might have a return of the Terminator, yeah. maybe in 2023 if things go well. And uh, that got me very excited to hear about that. Yeah, he's he's one. You know, you, you always enjoy racing the best because if you want to be considered the best, you got to race the best and you got to beat the best. And uh, actually, I I think I've raced Peter maybe twice in a long time. So. Uh, you know, if if that would come out, you know, obviously, like you said, you want to be on the winning end. But when you run somebody that tough, you know, a lot of times those numbers are pretty small at the at the bottom of the time slip. So it could go all in either way, anytime. Copy that. All right. Who else? Who else? Uh, just him. You know, the Emmons brothers are always tough. Uh, Cody Lane. Uh, Brad Burton, Scott Burton. He's been he's been really hot this year. Um, Joe Santangelo, Dan Fletcher, uh, Tyler Bohan. Oh, Tebow. He, he was had a great year. He was tough this year. Yeah. I mean, you could just make a list of across the country, you know, 20 drivers, probably in every division that's, you know, very, very capable of week in and week out winning every race they show up to Brad Plord, Adam Davis, you know, when he, when he ran stock, he hadn't run much lately, but. He's always been tough. Now, the next time you say that, though, you can say you want to be the man. You got to beat the man. Woo. And you do the Ric Flair at the end. That's <laughs> the way that's the way to do it, because it's it's just the way, you know, it's the best thing going today. Exactly. Yeah. Jimmy, this has been awesome. Any final thoughts you want to say to your fans, your fellow racers, your sponsors, the family, the people that that help you like check out this pick right there. I saw you at the Lucas Oil banquet and you were going up to give your speech and 
the little one was like, you know, a little antsy and, and the fam jumped in to take care of it. And it's just uh, amazing to see another generation of, uh, of drag racer get ready. Yeah. I just, you know, I want to thank my family and, uh, my sponsors, Goodyear, VP racing, um, bullet racing camps, accelerated graphics, bad shocks, uh, engines, Inc. My actually, uh, my uncle Phil and uh, Michael Bryan almost. I want to send a big thanks to them and uh, Georgie Acosta. They, uh, my uncle Phil drove him and Georgie drove the rig to Vegas. So you know, it it means a lot to always have their help and their calm presence at the track. To uh, to to always know that at my back and you know anything that happens, they're there. So, uh, you know, without them, it's, it's really difficult, you know, trying to navigate working at home, a family, traveling on the road. You know, it definitely wouldn't be possible without them. Yeah, team effort. Even though one driver rolls into the water box by his or herself, there inevitably there are many people behind the scenes that makes that moment possible. And you're lucky that, you know, you get to be out there with your family uh, also in competition. Jimmy, great job as usual. I really appreciate speaking with you. I encourage everybody to, you know, follow NHRA's uh, YouTube channel when the attention in the pits with Jimmy's car drops. I think you're going to love it because uh, it's just an interesting car. And there's like two of them or maybe three in stock eliminator that I know of. Uh, but you are now world champion. I don't know how many Holden Monaro's have won NHRA world championships, but uh, yours might be the first, which is kind of cool, but it's also a Pontiac GTO. Thank you for making the time here on WFO radio. Congratulations, Jimmy. It was, uh, it was awesome to watch three ten foul on a tiebreaker. There's nothing like it. Thank you, Joe. All right, Jimmy, have a great day, brother. You too. There he goes, Jimmy Hidalgo Jr. with us here on WFO Radio. And he's back to work, and we're back to work. And those of you out there watching on social media, watching on screens, watching on our mobile application, that's right, we got a WFO mobile app. Stick with me for a few more minutes because we got another big interview later on today, 4 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have Bob Locke. Bob is going to come on the show. We're doing two world champions, parade of champions. So here's the deal, WFO Radio. Parade of Champions. We're going to try to get in all the Lucas Oil Champions. We're going to try to get all the Camp World Champions before the World Series of Pro Mod. Saw Wes the other day hyping up the World Series of Pro Mod. I'm super excited about it. I'm going to be out there, but I'm also going to be at Orlando Speed World. The NHRA Southeastern Division gets started the first week of February. I will be calling that action. I believe it will be streamed on NHRA.tv. So we'll be starting off the 2023 drag racing season nhra wise at orlando speed world and uh everybody can watch it'll be a lot of fun but we're gonna have try to have all the champions in by then so bob lock a little bit later on today it is going to be great we encourage you to join us at four you can check out the the preview it's up there on the web right now so go get a reminder so you don't miss it when we jump on board with bob and he tells his story and frankly i don't know what's more amazing jimmy winning stock on a tiebreaker that was a head to head that he won by three ten thou or Bob Locke's got to go to the auto club finals and win the race to become champion. And he does it. That's why Lucas oil series racing, the racers, the competitors and everybody that is in that mix. Uh, so amazing. And we got to do 
a better job of showcasing the talent, the cars, and the people. We are we're we're trying. We're trying. We got an attention to the pits out there with Nick Ryder. Hopefully you'll see it. Joe Lee Stanfield out there. Division four is where it's at. That's right. Ant Dog, if you can come to Reading, Pennsylvania, I will be asking for an autograph. Yeah, exactly. World champ. Someone said hi, champ. See you in a month. I just don't know who it was. I don't know who it was. All right, guys, let me hit the people that make it possible. I told you about some at the start. Of course, I told you about Gary and Foggett. Someone asked about regular cars. You know, if you got fuel injection, you're going to go drive the car again tomorrow. I don't think you need to fog it down. But if you got a very high-performance racing engine or you're working on your firearms, you can definitely do that. But let me tell you about Marvin Rodak, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com, the hot sauces and spice rum. I'm drinking Rodax coffee here today out of my WFO radio mug that's available in our merch store. Oh, yeah, we're pitching it all, baby. We're pitching it all. But Rodax coffee is next-level stuff. He gets limited supplies from around the world and it's roasted fresh per your order. And I get mine whole bean and grind it myself. That's the way to really improve your coffee game right there. The recommendation whole bean, not pre-ground grind it yourself. Just get a little grinder off Amazon. There's fancy grinders. Just get like the 17 bucks and you're good to go. You grind the coffee. You make the coffee, you change your life. 817-924-6821. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. The Dragster Adventure, of course, it's for people who are not current drag racers. You just want a day experience. Like Frank told me years ago, for the adrenaline junkie, think about back in the day when bungee jumping was a thing. People would be like, let's go bungee jumping and have a little adrenaline. For the same type of people, they have the Dragster Adventure. Go drive a dragster. But it's also perfect for the friends, the fans, the family of current racers. Of course, we're not going to let our family in our own race cars. That would be crazy. So we send them to Frank's for the dragster adventure where they show up with the clothes on their back and leave with the experience of a lifetime. Go to frankhawley.com to find out more. Now, don't get me wrong. If you want to get your super comp, super gas license, top alcohol, funny car license, it's still the best place to go. I just think that the largest number of potential customers out there for Frank are people who are just WFO listeners and have subscribed on Apple Podcasts and check out the show on a weekly basis. Samtech.edu, Brian Massengill, speaking of down there in the Houston area, says that Samtech is now back at pre-pandemic uh, levels, meaning the people that are going to the school and people that are going signing up for classes, whether it be engine block programs, CNC programs, cylinder head programs, motorsport EFI tuning. Remember, they don't sponsor race cars at Samtech. The race cars are the curriculum. So if you're into that, you're going to work on race cars, but you're going to get an education that you can use anywhere. If you want to go to work at SpaceX, you'll have an education that through CNC programming, for instance, and many of their grads have gone there. NASA, Stanfield Racing Engines, all over the map. You've got Samtech grads out there, and it's because the quality of the education is so good. So go to samtech.edu today, and if you are interested, call Brian Massengill. By name, let me speak with Brian. I heard about this on WFO, and you tell him. And uh, I think it's a good way of, you know, getting uh, getting Brian to focus. And there you go. Plus, our great friends at Bernie Speed Shop and Phillips Connect. Of course, told you a little bit about Foggett. I was working on the engine yesterday. FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. And, of course, Total Seal Piston Rings. For you podcast listeners out there, we do have the Hidden Horsepower podcast where they share a lot of speed secrets and insights. 
into what's going on. All right, let's see some final comments before we part ways because we're not really parting ways. We're just taking a little break. We will be back. Bobby Graham says, going to try to catch him at Bell Rose this year. Yeah, you definitely got to go out. You got to find Cooter and you got to say what's up. Saw you on WFO. Gary, thanks, Joe. Good show. Thank you very much. And there you go. I am loving it. Yesterday, and this show is up on NHRA.com. If you want to do me a favor, go on to NHRA.com and share that white alligator racing story. They revealed their 2023 team on the show. Jerry was on. Tim Kalungian was on. Chase Van Sant was on. They're picking fun at each other and they're cutting up. And we learned that Tim Kalungian, as smart as he is, doesn't understand how weather works. It's not going to rain on 80% of the land. There's an 80% chance that it will rain in the area. It was a very interesting dynamic uh, that they had going on. But uh, check out that show, front page, NHRA.com. Super proud about that. Thanks, NHRA. All right, guys. Scooter Hidalgo, Stock Eliminator, world champion. And to the country dog out there, I'm sure he's watching. Maybe not right now, sometime in the future. Good job with the kid, Jimmy. And I love the fact that you guys always get passionate and fired up. And when you win, it matters and you're happy. That's what people love to see. People love to see, like, why should I watch this? Because the people in it care. And the cars do six-foot wheel stands. And they're awesome. Oh, happy 50. Only 11 days to go. Yeah. A big birthday bash. Oh, man. Did that thing go over like a lead balloon? But I got a big birthday plan that I'm working on. You're the man, Joe. See you soon. Thank you very much. Facebook user. See you soon. I feel like I know who that is. It's like I get an energy out of the post. Scotty Bell. Great show. Great to hear from the sports and racers. Totally agree. We are working very hard. Folks at NHRA social media, the team, whether it be Drive the Stripe, whether it be Designated, all these shows that we're trying to create, the reason is because we recognize the gold that is the Lucas Oil Series racer and pit area. And uh, all I would say to all the racers out there, and I probably should have started every one of these interviews with this, update your tech cards. Make sure your information is absolutely correct. Come visit your announcer and say hi. And give us that inside stuff. All right, guys. Bob Locke later in the day. Congratulations to Jimmy Hidalgo Jr. It was tremendous. And the archive is wide open on our free WFO app. And remember, join Patreon. You get decals. You get a pin. You'll get a patch. You can hear the exclusive new show called Hear It from Heiner. Michael Heiner sharing intimate details about Pro Stock. Thanks, guys. Congratulations, Jimmy.